Hi, everyone. Welcome to the new Grief and Rebirth podcast, Rebirth Series, where I will be chatting with special, inspiring people who have grieved, met their challenges, chosen to heal, and have experienced the blessing of rebirth. This new Rebirth Series is inspired by a comment from my son made while I was on my healing journey after my precious husband died next to me in a tragic car accident. Mom, he said, there has been nothing worse than seeing you in total despair and nothing better than seeing you able to have joy again. From my heart, I wish this for each of you. Be sure to give a listen. Hey, everyone. This is Irene Weinberg from Grief and Rebirth Podcast, and I am so happy to be here with you today because I get the blessing of interviewing an amazing friend of mine who is a dynamo and has been through, you talk about grief and rebirth. She's like a poster child for grief and rebirth with all the things that she's been through in her life and how she has come through it with the most amazing, positive attitude, learning her lessons and creating an amazing, incredible life for herself. Anyway, I'm introducing all of you to Missy Fury. She's beautiful inside and out. And um, it is just such, Missy, it's just such a pleasure to see you tonight. And well, we to talk about you, your story. Oh my goodness. You talk about grief and rebirth. You are, you're a poster child. So tell everyone, I mean, you have all these stories. You, you went through a horrible divorce. So why don't you, and, and that led to a, a spiritual awakening and your story of rebirth are just amazing. So, so, you know, we talk a lot about grief that comes from death, but there's also tremendous grief that comes from divorce and other things that happen in life. So Bissy, you want to tell us about your life before all of that happened so people can get a feel of where you were before all this drama went on in your life? Absolutely. Thank you, Irene, for having me here today. So yes, um, I'd love to share my story. Um, I, normal girl from New Jersey. <laughs> we Jersey girls rock. <laughs> we do, we do. So I'm a normal girl from New Jersey. Um, great family upbringing. Uh, great parents. Only child. Um, you know, just anything and everything that I could have had in childhood, I did. A loving family. Um, loving extended family, you know, grandparents, aunts, uncles, you know, I really had, I'm very fortunate and blessed. And I always talk about that. Um, I had some, you know, a great, a great upbringing and a great beginning to my life. Um, you know, uh, went to college, graduated and, uh, thought I met the love of my life. You know, I was young and naive. Um, did you meet him in college? I know I met him down the Jersey shore, <laughs> uh, but I did meet him when I was in college. He was several years older than me. Um, you know, I, great guy loved me. I loved him. And you know what? I went for it. I went for it. Like most people would, uh, I was a little on the younger side, but you know, I followed my heart and I did get married um out of our marriage uh had one beautiful child okay i have a son uh who now is 24 years old 
Um, Joey is a fabulous, yes. fabulous young man. My, my biggest accomplishment in life. Yes. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, the marriage didn't work. Uh, I had to make the hard decision to move on. It just wasn't the right fit for me. Um, How long were you married before you made that decision? Uh, we were married for four and a half years. We were together two years prior. So we were together about almost seven years at the time of our separation. Um, you know, I really don't have any regrets that I married him um, because it, it started my life. It started my life and my path. And at the moment, I thought it was the right decision. So it's okay. Uh, but unfortunately, the divorce happened. Um, I separated uh, at the time of my marriage. I did live in the state of Florida. Um, and then I did. Did he accept the divorce well or did he give you a hard time? No, gave me a very hard time about it. I had to uh, sign a legal separation for a year um, with the hopes that he and I could return together. Uh, but it was my way out of the marriage. So I agreed to it. And he did allow me, and I use the word allow. Oh, he was like really tough. Mm -hmm. Correct. Controlling. So he allowed me to move back with my son to New Jersey to be near my family. And his family was also from the state. So, um, you know, the separation happened literally a year to the day. At that point, I filed. So I was legally separated for a year prior to engaging in the divorce. Um, at the time, you know, my parents welcomed me back with open arms. My son was 15 months old. Wow. So it was a hard, a hard decision. You know, I was a baby myself and, um, I had given up my future career. I had gone to Villanova university in the hopes of becoming an attorney. And when I got married, I let that go. So, um, you know, moving forward, I found myself having to figure out what my career would be. Um, my mom was in the bridal business, so she, you know, encouraged me to spend time at the store and it was just a safe place for my son and I, until I figured things out and lo and behold, this is where, um, you know, the story begins is, uh, you know, no sooner was I in that business. Um, my mother's youngest brother fell very ill and she had to leave to go take care of him. Um, my uncle passed away of cancer at the age of 44 years of age. Wow. 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 Okay. So the responsibility now became mine to make sure that I financially provided for myself, for my child, kept my mother's business running, which was her financial source. Um, and also be there for her as she experienced the second loss of a sibling. Okay. She had, my other uncle had passed away about five years prior. So there was the beginning of, you know, different losses in our family life. Yeah. Grief. Yeah. Um, so moving forward, you know, I, I was in this business, um, doing what I needed to do, figuring it out. Um, started raising my boy, you know, alone and, um, everything was okay, you know? Um, and then the next thing happened, which was, uh, my great aunt. Um, which was my grandma, my maternal mother's sister. Okay. Um, fell ill also. Now she had been someone that was very, very influential in my life. Um, she had, uh, combated cancer 
also, she had a skin cancer uh, when I was in my um, teenage years. So she had moved in with my family because my mother took care of her um, as she got better and recuperated. So I, I, I developed such a close bond with her. She was like a second mother to me. Um, and unfortunately, you know, many, many years later, I was in my late 20s at the time, um, you know, it, it came back and then it became, you know, terminal. And uh, she was at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital. And I would go there every day, every day. I would work the store, saddle my son. I was in New Jersey. You were going to New York City to Columbia I was Presbyterian every day to see her. Solitary wow. day. She was more to me than truthfully her children felt about her. So, um, at a given point, it was, it was a very hard moment. I was in the room and the doctors came in and they said, there's nothing more what we could do to, for you speaking directly to her, which I thought was so abrasive at the time. And they said, the decision is, you know, we no longer can keep you here. Um, we would suggest that we move you over into a nursing home. And I was like in shock, like I, I never in my life was in front of something like that, a situation like that. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, and I spoke with her and I said, would you want to come with me? And my aunt just held my hand and she was just, she said, yeah, I just want to be with you. So I fought my family very hard. Um, they did not want to bring her to New Jersey. They were, they were nervous about this responsibility, I'm sure. They did not want it. Um, they just didn't want it. They just felt that, you know, she should just pass on. So I fought the family very hard. And truthfully, the family never has spoken to me ever since. Okay. But that's okay. Because... Now, this family was your part of your family that were so mad that and they didn't talk to you because you wanted to take your aunt into your, to your Correct. home. Correct. Um, but she made the decision. Um, I mean, she still was of her wits, you know, she made the decision and her husband, she had a husband, he agreed to it. So, you know, that was fine, but her children did not. And so they wanted her in the nursing home. They did because they didn't want the responsibility of her. They felt that, you know, if she was in a nursing home, she would be taken care of. They could come, they could go as they pleased. Eventually she would pass on and life goes on. That was their attitude towards it. And I didn't feel that was correct. And her husband agreed with me, but he couldn't handle it himself. So um, I took it on. I was 20, 27-ish, um, single mom, just gone through a divorce. With a business. With, with a business that I was trying to keep afloat. And you know, with her husband, was she living with you and he was not, or they were both together with you? My, my uncle, my great uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, so my great uncle, they lived in Manhattan. That's why she was in Columbia Presbyterian. And so he was, he did agree to commute back and forth to New Jersey. And then I set up a room in my house and whatnot. And he would stay like for the weekends. And, you know, we just figured it out. We just were figuring it out. That's what right. we were doing. So lo and behold, um, I had her in my home for 33 days and for 33 days, I was with her 
every moment of the way. Hospice came in, um, taught me what I needed to do, how to keep her medicated, you know, and I went through that whole entire experience with her. Um, she and I talked a lot, you know, and she always promised me, you know, that I'd be okay. She just always did. And I really did believe her. So that was be the, me beginning to understand that I had those moments and those moments would keep me going those conversations. Um, so in a way they fed you, they kept, they nurtured you. The conversations nurtured you and you right. were going through a tough time with all that was on your plate. Right. So simultaneously, I was also going through, um, after my divorce years later, my ex-husband and I had a disagreement about something and it ended up being a bad custody battle. So I was in the middle of the custody battle while I was dealing with, um, going on with my aunt. Um, and it was a two and a half year custody battle. Wow. Um, and my aunt would always tell me like, you're a good person. You're a good mom. Do what you've got to do. Fight for your son. It'll, it'll be okay. And believe me, I did not think it was going to be okay. (laughs) It was not a good scenario, but fast forward, I'll get to the point where she passed. Um, the night, the night that she, she was, passed, with you, she was with you 33 days before she passed. Yes. And, um, on that, that morning of the 33rd day, I had a little Yorkshire terrier dog, my Dominic, who also dear to my heart. And Dominic was a very good dog, very quiet, very, very just spunky and happy, but not, not a barker, nothing like that. And around three o'clock in the morning, everybody, my uncle was, my great uncle was staying in the house. My mother was in the house. My grandmother, I had flown her in from Florida. I actually, about three days prior to my aunt's death, I had flown to Florida at six o'clock in the morning, got in my, got to, to, to Florida at nine o'clock in the morning, picked up my grandmother, you know, settled her, picked her up. And got on a plane at six o'clock at night. I did a run in the matter of one day just to make sure that my grandmother got to see her sister before she passed. And I think that was why my aunt was ready because she had her moment with her sister. And I knew that that was going to happen. And that's why I did it um, because my aunt was hanging on. And that was like the that last was like a sense of completion for her. Correct. Right. I was, I almost didn't want to do it because I didn't want my aunt to go, but I knew I had to do that. And I'm very happy that it all happened. So, um, after being with my grandmother for a couple of days, that's when I saw, you know, my aunt deteriorating more and more and more and more, but going to Dominic, um, he started howling at three o'clock in the morning. And I said to myself, why is this dog howling? Like he's never howled ever. So he was trying to wake me up and he did. So of course, the first thing I did, you know, I I looked around and I ran right into the room where my aunt was and I could see her like really, really heavily breathing. 
really not good. And I prayed and I talked to her. You might have been seeing deceased loved ones gathering around her also because animals have that sense. Yeah. And you know what? At that point, I never had put any thought into it, but I do believe that now because I witnessed it. And in any event, I talked to her and I mean, her breathing was so laborious. It was just terrible. And I just, I just, just talked to her and I said, just let me know that you're going to be okay. Like, let me know that you're okay. Let me know that you're ready. I'm here with you. Don't be afraid. I'm not afraid. Like I had all this strength to just talk to her and you know what she, I was holding her hand that I was the one gripping to pretty much a lifeless hand. And you know what? She squeezed my hand. Oh my goodness. And she squeezed my hand and then she, she just, yeah. So, you know, I'm forever grateful that, that he woke me up because I was there and I was the last person, you know, and that so. started a spiritual awakening for you because you started to change your viewpoints about your view about Absolutely. so how did that start to change how you saw your world um i just really really like hung on to faith to get through those days and everything going on with the family and the services and 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 you know what i just was just hanging on, hanging on. I just knew, I, I knew she was okay because, because, because she told me. So I was like, okay, I have to believe this and this is how I'm going to get through it. And I'm going to be strong for my family. I can't explain it. I just knew that I wasn't alone. And I knew that from that moment on, I was never alone. And it led me to start really figuring out what I needed to do to make my life better. So it helped you because if you felt you were no longer alone, you, it, it, it gave you, a, you, you knew that there was support for you coming from somewhere. Absolutely. Believed in that. Yep. Absolutely. So moving forward, um, I started to have, to, started to make decisions. I said, you know what? Um, this court case doesn't define me this, this marriage, this divorce, this, this, this doesn't, this is not going to become my life. This cannot consume me. So I have to do something that's productive for me. And I had been in this bridal business and I decided, you know what? My mom's store has served me very well, but it's not, it's not my vision. And I need to do something. I need to make my own money. I need to have my own outlet. I need to do all these things. And I started looking blindly, driving around, found this little nothing hole in the wall location. Everybody thought I was crazy. Everybody said, you're spending so much money with attorneys. And like, what are you doing? Like, you don't have any guarantee. And I said, I'm going to be fine. Going to be fine. And that led to the beginning of my business. And it was my safe place because it was mine. It was my own key. It was the door that I closed behind. It was the place where I cried. It's the place that I suffered. It's the place that 
gave me hope for the next day that I had to go home to, it became my new home and it became my baby. And you know what? Through my court case, there was a lot of time that I didn't have my son. And oh, that must have been painful. So at least you could pour yourself into your business a little bit, right? Did. Um, there was a time throughout that court case that I didn't see my child for five straight months. Wow. So there's a lot to the why behind that, but um, it was just not a good time in my life. But the business, I would just sit there and I would say, okay, I have to make something happen. I have to make the money. I have to pay for the attorneys. I have to, I have to be strong. I have to give my son an example. I have to, if something happens to me, he has to know that I wasn't like going to just like wither up and die, that I didn't give up, that I, so it was a means for me to have a focus. Um, and truthfully, it gave a lot back to me too, because- This is what it missing. Tell everyone what you did, because you're very talented. Yes. So I, um, again, because of the bridal background, I had put myself through school again. Um, so I had graduated with pattern making and design while I was at my mom's place. So I decided to open up a custom design bridal shop. And um, it just enabled people that had- a hard time finding things, whether it was the price point, whether it was modesty concerns, um, weight concerns, um, things that they just wanted and they weren't finding, you know, top of a dress, bottom of a dress, whatever it is. So um, it was a great outlet for me to just express, you yeah, know, you got creative, get creative and also um, help people, help people feel good about themselves. Um, so that started my journey with that. And, you know, it became a whole special occasion boutique, um, everything. Barbara Mitzvahs, christening wow. communions, weddings. And, um, you know, I did that for almost 20 years and, and, you know, it evolved because then I built relationships and I built friendships and then people would just, just come to me just for all different types of services. So, um, you know, that tragedy, uh, <clears throat> Or, or you know what, like a setback, huge setbacks in my life between going through a custody battle and divorce and, and having family losses, physical family losses. Um, I turned them around into like a focus for me and for me to do better for the people around me, to give them a better life. So uh, I did it though with the strengths that I knew that other people were there for me. And um, ultimately the next person that passed in my life was my grandmother, my, my aunt's sister. And um, I used to, and I want to share this. I used to always say to my grandmother when I was about 17, 18 years old, I used to say, grandma, you know, everybody comes to me. Everybody comes to me to take a ride in my car like almost like I was exhausted that like people, you know, always kind of came to me for things. And my, my grandmother said to me, she said, stop it. She goes better to be needed than to ever need. Whoa. I live by those words every single day. Man, look at all the needy people you were helping. You were taking care of these people all the time. 
But you know what? I'm the one that has the strength to help people through their things. And not that there's anything wrong to need, because trust me, I've learned that. Okay. I've become vulnerable through the years. You know, you just can't be stoic and perfect. Right. But, um, you know, whenever I'm down or whenever I'm hard, like hard on myself, I go, wait a minute. You want to know what? Like, thank God that I can do it. Right. Thank God that I can push through. But I do really believe that the spiritual part of me is why the guidance that I have is the reason that I push through. And didn't this also help you with the death of your, uh, so this helped you with the death of your grandmother. Yes. The whole experience. It, it, yeah. it, it was there a specific thing that happened with that, that you knew that you so, were there too? Then I became, I think I started reading a lot of books. And I started just really trying to like self-help books and how to stay focused and positive and ambitious and all of this. And I started really reading about, you know, the other side and the angels and just like presence of things and signs. Cause I started having strange things happen to me in the set. Well, actually when my grandmother had passed a couple months later, we went to clear out her condo and all of a sudden lights would flicker. Oh, should we say no? Wow. And I was just like, what's going on? You know? And, 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 and I remember at one point I said to my mom, I said, grandma's here. My mom's like, what do you mean? And I said, I know that grandma's here. Like, I feel she's here. And my mom would say, okay, like, but, and I started saying like, grandma, are you here? Like, I know you're here. And I had lights flicker on and off. Yeah. Oh, like, wow. I was having a conversation and getting the sign. So one thing that my grandmother always loved was bluebirds. And she always had birds. She, and all of a sudden, whenever I would go to certain places, I would see like a bird or I would see a frame that a picture frame and it had a bird in it. Like just things that never, you know, had I like, and I, I just know, I just, I just knew like, this was her way of telling me like, right. I'm, oh, here. Like, I'm with you. like I'm at Pier one imports right now. And what am I seeing? You know, a bluebird and it would be random. Like I would be with people and I'd be like, and, and nobody would ever say to me like, oh, look at this beautiful furniture piece or this pillow. Or Nobody would say that. I would just see it. And I would grab it and I would be like, oh my goodness, look at this. And it's just something that just resonated that connection with me. Um, so signs, um, just, just a lot of signs, just a lot of personal little things. Um, you know, my, my grandmother's engagement ring was a ruby you know, and, you know, like I got gifted a Ruby, like oh everything that I, you know, like just things, things that, that I know I can't explain, but no, I, just, I understand that. I believe me. I understand that they were, they were absolutely signs. They, they didn't make necessarily make sense. And that's why they were signs. Right. So you know what? I did clear through that court case um, with a settlement and and whatever needed to happen. 
and I a lot of acceptance, but a lot of belief in that this whatever was happening was supposed to happen. Now, didn't um, you also put your son through college with your business and everything too? So I did. Amazing. So I worked. I worked really hard. I moved my business around in that you know nineteen year span. I had three different locations as I grew. Um, exhausted myself through the process, but. <laughs> I did do it. I, he did graduate from college and with a master's degree in wow. three and a half, so two and a half years for his bachelor's, a year for his master's, graduated in finance, um, top of his class, uh, got a job right out of the gate um, and is doing very, very well. That's fabulous. Yeah. And all because of your grit and your courage. And, and so you kind of rebirthed yourself through this business. You took yep. care of your son. And now what did this rebirth lead to? Where are you now in your life? What's going on? So a few years ago, actually, I was blessed to be connected um, with a spiritual healer that we know in common. Okay. That was actually suggested by you. And He's I on went the podcast. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I've interviewed her on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. And May I say her name? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so I did connect with Seta. Mm -hmm. and, um, That's a Shahinian, everyone. I think she's the uh, second or third interview, second or third episode on the podcast. And she's coming back. Seta is coming back in August with a new healing modality that has been channeled to her. So she will revisit the podcast um, in a few months. But go ahead. So, yeah, she's quite wonderful. Yes. So a few years ago, um, and again, because I've always been reading and I've always been very interested and I draw strength from this. Um, I actually was at a point that, you know, I did have my son going, you know, going through the college process and my business was, was doing very well. And I had a lot of satisfaction out of that, but I also felt a little displaced and I was trying to figure out why. And so I decided that I needed to speak to someone and I um, started meeting with Seta and trying to figure out what I was missing for me, even though I'm accomplished, even though I've gotten through very hard times, even though I'm the rock for people still, you know what? I didn't get remarried. I haven't had that personal life. There's just like things that I was lacking for me. So I felt that I needed to speak to her and really understand where my life is and where it's going. And she helped me a lot. This was the beginning of healing for you. Absolutely. Which really leads to the real rebirth. Because I really think that I needed to figure out what I was missing for me. Um, I... I've been in that, I was in that mode for a good 20 years of being the caretaker, figuring it out, putting it together, doing right for my customers, doing right for my family, being a good mom, like, okay. And I did it. I did it. Not easily, but I did it. But what did I really do for me? That's, that's absolutely true. You what take care of everyone else. Right. So. I felt that I was in a very comfortable place that I've raised a good kid. Um, I feel that he's an asset to society. 
Um, and that, that part of my job is done. Being a mother will never be done for me. You know, I just actually spoke with him a little while ago before I, I started this interview. Um, he's now my biggest cheerleader. He's my biggest fan. He's the one that I draw from, interestingly. Um, but again, I, I, I did realize that, you know what? what, what else can, what, what is my purpose? Like, is my purpose just to help people? Is my purpose just to like hold the fort up? Like, I, I don't know, like, what's my purpose? So I started that journey with Seta and, um, she guided me or my spirit guides told me that I had to basically get a life. <laughs> And literally, that's what my family said to me, <laughs> like <laughs> that, that they channeled through and it's like, um, yeah, like you got to do something for you. So with a lot of sessions and a lot of understanding about what my life purpose is, um, I realized that I needed to rebirth myself, that now I had to do something that was 100% for me. So I made the decision to close my, my business and leave my career and do something different. And in one of my sessions with Seta, I went through um, past life transgressions and realized that there's something that resonated with a place that was Southern, a place that was warm. And of course, for me, that is the state of Florida, which I did live in when I was married. And I decided to, I was invited actually to Naples to have like a weekend retreat with a girlfriend. And no sooner did I land, I had just seen Seta the day before. And no sooner did I land, I hadn't even stepped foot out of the airport. I just felt the warmth. I got my cell phone out. I called up my mom. I said, mom, just so you know, I landed in Florida. And just so that you know, I need to live here. My mother was in shock. She was like, really? And I, <laughs> where are you? And I said, I'm in the airport. And she's like, well, and I just knew. So I literally, I spent four days in Naples and I flew back home. And I started my plan, my plan to do right by my career and all the people that supported me and helped me as a small business owner and helped me as a single mom. I felt that I owed it to them to give them time and do it they the right way. on you. You'd been in that community for 20 years. Correct. So I, um, I gave, gave a year of my life dedicated to wrapping things up correctly and getting people used to the idea and getting myself used to the idea. And I did it. I did it. And a year later, I just left everything behind and started over and moved to the state of Florida. And now what's going on with you? What are you doing in the state of Florida? And how have you, how, now what shape is this rebirth taking for you? So I still have my signs. I still, as a matter of fact, there's a nest. <laughs> <on the laughs> cover. 
that just came about. I don't know if it's the change of season. I have no idea, but I have a little nest of birds that I could look at. I know my grandmother's over there. Wow. Okay. Um, so I moved to Florida. It's hasn't been easy because, you know, my intentions were to open up another business, which I did. Um, I was open for three months and then of course COVID happened. So I did make the financial decision, uh, to close it. Um, just because I didn't know how long I would have to carry it. Um, but out of it, I started an online business, you know, just to be productive, which has gone very well for me. And you've got wonderful taste. I'm telling everyone who's listening to us, you've got amazing taste. Thank you. Um, but all I could say is, you know, my business path is to still be determined. You know, I'm working on it every day. I know I can do it because I've done it before. Um, but right now I am whole. I'm happy. I wake up every morning and I feel that warmth that I was lacking. And I know that I'm supposed to be here. And I, I, I have no other words for, but to explain that. Like, I know that I'm supposed to be here and, you know. So you're getting a new life. You're, you have an accessories business I have, online. I have an and, online. And any new relationships or things taking place in your life that, that you're letting yourself be for you as opposed to choosing you as opposed to being for everyone else? Absolutely. I am. I. I made a choice to finally choose me. Okay. And I believe me, I am the first person that will still do anything for anyone and people still lean on me, but I have such self-worth. I know that I can accomplish anything I put my head to. I still have bad days. I still have unknown moments. Well, you're human after all, but I just feel good. I'm happy. I wake up, I'm in a good place and I'm very willing to see where my life is going to go. I'm very open. Um, I welcome it. I mean, I pray every day still. I talk to my family every day. Um, and I get little signs here and there and I'm very comforted by that. I just really do believe. And things are now opening up. The world is opening up again. So let's see what it, the future is going to portend. I would like you to tell everyone your website for your online accessories business, because I'm sure you have the most precious things on there. Wonderful. Huh. All. So tell everyone, share, share yourself with everyone. My online store is called www.onestopgift.com. One Stop Gift. Yeah. One stop gift. gift, one one singular, one stop gift. One stop gift. Yeah, and it's just a place. And if anybody goes on it, you'll see. It's just I do believe in gift giving the old traditional way. Um, I do it with all bows and wrapped and you know beautiful presentation because I believe that everybody's special and I think that you know it takes a special person to give a special gift, and that's kind of my message, um, just to spread a little happiness, you know look, I do items on there that are $10, you know, it doesn't have to be big. It's the sentiment. And I think that we're in a world where we need that. And, you know, it's my way 
whereby I have a business, but if those little things, moments make a difference, you know, moments that you hang on to someone that remembers you, um, that you feel good that you did something for a person or wrote them a little note, or I think all of that is important in our life here. Um, so that's like kind of the premise of it. So it's completely away from what I used to do. Um, so something new, something new There's that I'm something trying to do. And you're starting and that's absolutely wonderful. And you're living your life for yourself. Absolutely. That is launched. He's great. He's a support to you now. And you've been through all of this and now it's paying dividends to you. And I cannot even tell you when you put that much effort into your children. Okay. And believe me, I had very dim moments, but you know, to actually see a great result and to actually, um, I never raised him being victim of being a victim. I still raised him the way that I wanted to raise him as a mother from the day that I had him. Well, you were an amazing role model. You were so courageous. And, you know, to now see that his concern for me and his appreciation for me, um, there's no words. There's no words. And I have, he knows how spiritual I am and he now is spiritual and he's actually reading into it and he's going on his journey and he's trying to figure out signs and he's trying to figure it out. And I, and my, my biggest advice to him always is get in tune and get in tune as quick as you can. You know, you're fortunate that, you know, my example and you seeing it is helping you get in tune with it earlier. It's never too late to get in tune with it, but you know what? Embrace it because I think if you could connect that way, um, you could have a good life. What a role model you've been for him. This is so inspiring, Missy. Yeah. It's such a pleasure to have you on. And I think that a lot of people are going to be inspired listening to your story because you really went through a very hard time and you were basically on your own. I have. And again, it stems from, I was that only child that had great everything. And then, you know what? It just all bottomed out. And, but you know what? I wanted to get to that place that I had early on and it's taken me a while. Um, but I'm getting there and it's, it's work in progress. You're, every getting there and you're on your way there, but you know, you make, you keep making choices towards healing and, and, and evolving and all of that. I think that's, makes all the difference in the world and sometimes we have easy choices it does it does it you're conscious in your life well I i'm conscious yes yes and and that's something that i would encourage people um to be very present to be very present in their situation um and just know that it will get better and, and find faith and find your spirit guides because without them, I wouldn't be sitting here today. And if that's my message is just really believe, believe your loved ones are there for you. Your loved ones will never let you go in harm's way. And even if something bad is happening at the moment, there's a reason for it. There's a lesson, there's something, but they're going to be there for you. And you know what I had said to you in conversation, you know, 
I hope to live a very long life. But if, if something happened and that's not my path, like I'm okay. You're okay because you've done it. The other thing that I, I think is so admirable is when you were at a crossroads, you went to a healer and, yes. you, got, and, you, and you let her guide you and help you so that you were yeah. open enough to do that. You found someone you resonated with and you, and you went with that. And that's really admirable. Thank you so much, Missy. This has been absolutely marvelous. And I know that I expect the traffic to increase on OneStopKids.com uh, oh. because uh, there'll be so many cute things people can look at. And you're just terrific. But I'm prejudiced. Oh. We've been friends for a long time. Thank you so much. And here's a reminder, everyone, that you can see the show notes. There will be show notes for today's uh, episode and all Grief and Rebirth podcast episodes on IreneWeinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us on social at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and we're also on YouTube. And if you'd like to be part of this wonderful rebirth series, please send me an email to hello at IreneWeinberg.com. As I like to say, to be continued, many blessings. Thank you again and again, Missy. And bye for now. Thank you.